What uh, radio show is this? The Sean Teshner Show, of course. When's that? Where's that? Well, good evening from wherever you may be. This is Sean Teschner broadcasting live from the Dad Shack at beautiful Lake Sawyer in Black Diamond, Washington. Our call-in number is 425-247-8827. And if you feel the need to reach us by email, our email is trashner at hotmail.com, like to take out the trash. All of our calling guests are reminded that when you share your voice on our show, it becomes property of the show, meaning you give us permission to audio record you, and it will be used for profit and for worldwide distribution on the Internet. Tonight's topic is going to be about Common Core and grading standards and just what's happening in our public schools. Okay, wonderful. I've got uh, Sluga Rigor who is the executive director of IDIC in Seattle, as well as Gino Navarro, uh, who is retired. He was a Marine in Vietnam, and he also helped with SLUGO running the Filipino Youth Activities Association for several years in Seattle before it went defunct. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, Gino, but I work as a substitute teacher here in Washington, and I was asked to do a 13-week long-term substituting assignment uh, for a teacher who had been let go, and it was for teaching math to 72 sixth graders. Uh, the kids were not turning in homework, so I got on to them, and I said, you got to turn in homework because they had to be able to you know, figure out grades for you because there were only 13 weeks left before they had to graduate or go to summer school. And... I worked real hard, and I collected all kinds of grades, and then I went up to the principal, and I said, hey, I've got all these grades for the kids, but I don't have any way to put it into the, the school system here so the parents can see, you know, how they're doing and uh, calculate final grades for them for math. And she says, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, these kids, they log on to something called iReady Math and iReady Reading, and they're tested three times a year, and it's that final test. All we have to do is show a little bit of improvement uh, in algebraic thinking, rational numbers, measurement, and geometry uh, before we can pass them on to the seventh grade. And I said, you're kidding. Oh, no, that's how it's done now. That's common core. Those are the standards. All we have to do is show a little bit of improvement. And right away I was cringing. I was thinking, oh, my God, these are going to be the kids working on our aircraft someday. You know, we might get there, put a little bit of air in the tires, a little less fuel in the wings. Are you scared yet? <laughs> 13th place ribbons are acceptable. What are your thoughts? My gosh. That's uh, the revolution John coming from an educator like you. And I know uh, the kind of diligence you put to your work. That is uh, something that you should bring up to uh, policy makers. Well, and I, we got to get the public screaming because 
without that, you know, the parents aren't realizing what's going on. I had a lady from India whose husband is from Microsoft, and she actually sat down with me on the field trip and asked me how her daughter was doing, and I said, fine, she's a good student, need about 35 more like her. And I said, she's probably going to go to Harvard someday. Well, anyway, um, when I handed out the report cards as well as the yearbooks, you know, the last day of school, the mother literally ambushed me in the hallway and said, hey, Mr. T, uh, what's going on here? My daughter got a three instead of a four. And I said, well, that's pretty good. Those are Bs. She's, she's passed. Well, no, it's not acceptable, and we have to explain this to my husband. And I said, well, she's not headed to Harvard at sixth grade. I said, she's going to have to do a little studying, a little bit more practice, but with practice comes perfection. If you don't make mistakes, you don't learn. And she looks at me and says, that's unacceptable. And I need to know now what to do to bring her up to get fours before September when she becomes a seventh grader. And I thought to myself, wow. You know, um, this lady doesn't understand what's going on. So I tried to explain to her about the standards-based report cards and the fact that we usually looked up canned comments off Google. If you can believe that. You know, your child's doing well and happy to see them, and, and hopefully next year it'll go better. Um, so keep it positive, you know. We don't want 30 parents running down the principal's office with complaints. That's the last thing they want. So finally, the principal's walking through the hallway. I said, hey, would you talk to this lady because she doesn't quite get it, you know? She doesn't understand yeah. why a 13th place ribbon is unacceptable. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, what are your thoughts, Gino? Yeah. You know, as a parent myself, my kids and their little kids, I I like to believe they're doing the best. And then it's kind of, you get to that attitude where when you see something that you don't agree with, it's unacceptable because they don't want to believe it. In your situation, you know, it's, it's factual because I know how you are. You're you're constantly persistent at what you do. And uh, for the kids, it's a good thing. Yeah. Well, imagine going to war and forgetting to put bullets in your gun because someone didn't, <laughs> someone didn't tell you to put the bullets in the gun or remind you that you had to look to see if you had any. That's where we're at with these kids. It's pretty frightening. Yeah. You know, they expect to be led. They don't know how to lead. Um, they are more concerned about putting their fingers on their cell phones than they are in their books. Books are becoming old hat, and I, I see education headed to a point now where uh, teachers will log on to computers and they'll create lectures which will become part of the school district's curriculum and maybe be paid royalties, maybe, if not one-time fees. And the kids will log on to these classes and they'll have to take the classes, have some sort of an assessment, and then once they pass them all, they'll be moved down the road. And then eventually they'll just log on with a special number and print their diplomas. There won't be need for buildings. It'll all be just on the computer. Nothing hands-on. Here's an airplane, son. Fix it. Well, gee, I see the engines, but how do I take them apart? Well, that's some other kids worry in India. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's where we're headed. Yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> I don't uh, have much faith now in the system. I mean, the teachers are getting paid well, but... 
really, I wonder why we're even there if the computer's going to do all the teaching. Other than helping, you know, learn societal values such as line up, don't shove, don't push, don't cut in line, don't be a pig, wait your turn, that kind of stuff. Take your naps, eat your snacks. That's where we're at. What do you think, uh, Mama? You know, Sean, I, I would, before you had more jitters like you in the system, because I would feel more confident with the future of my kids if I knew uh, there was some little strict supervision somewhere. You know, and uh, I, I think you should keep that. Hmm. Well, I agree with you, and I appreciate you calling in to give your opinion. Keep doing what you're doing, uh, Mr. Educator. You're doing something great for the next generation. Okay? All right. Thank you. Thank you both for calling, Mr. Navarro and Mr. Rigor. Have a good evening. Thank you for meeting Okay. Bye-bye. Folks, I need to tell you a little bit about the IDIC of Seattle. It is the International Drop-In Center, Filipino Senior and Family Services nonprofit organization. It's founded back in 1971, and it's been in existence for people who need housing, uh, for those who come over from the Philippines to try and get a start here in the United States, especially with the Filipino war veterans. They have senior family and counseling services, a food bank, line dancing, bingo, and they organize trips on a bus to go to the casino as well as other fun places during the year. IDIC was founded with a mission, and the mission was to be a nonprofit organization that provided advocacy in health care and social services to the underserved elderly, immigrant, and vulnerable families of the Seattle area. If you'd like to find out more, you can go to their website, which is www.idicseniorcenter.org. They are located in the heart of Beacon Hill, which is in Seattle, overlooking Boeing Field, and their address is 7301 Beacon Avenue South in Seattle. I encourage anybody who is interested in checking out something for mom and dad to certainly consider going there and or to donate to this worthy organization. Thank you. And we have a call on hold, it looks like, from Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn. Welcome to the Sean Teshner Show. What uh, radio show is this? The Sean Teshner Show, of course. When's that? Where's that? I just started it. Oh, <laughs> Okay. You no I hadn't heard of Are it. you laughing with well, me? Well, I hadn't heard of it. <laughs> well, of course not. <laughs> we're just brand new, but everything great starts new, right? Yeah. We're just going to make station? our common core mistakes and make sure it happens. <laughs> what station are you going to be on? That I'm not sure of, but we're going to try and get it uh, introduced as a podcast, and then from there, who knows? Depends on Who's how we? interesting the subject matter is. Who's we? I'm me and myself. Oh, <laughs> Coffee, tea, or me. All three. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is not supposed to be funny. You're not supposed to be laughing. This is serious. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for your opinion, and I'll uh, put it away in my <laughs> podcast file, and if we decide yeah. to use it, we'll get gobs of money from it, I'm sure. 
Oh, wow. All right. Thanks, Carolyn. You take yeah. care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. You know, after the last caller hung up, I started to think about it. Just the very uh, definition of the word common. What does it mean? Words come to mind such as common man, common valor, uncommon valor, meaning bravery. And then, of course, the idea of common meaning to be like everybody else. Nobody's better than anybody else, right? Everybody's on the equal playing field. Equality of outcome. In other words, everybody gets a prize at the end. It didn't matter if somebody was first to the finish line or not. Well, that's what we're talking about. And then this other word, conformist. What does it mean to conform? Con meaning together or with, and form meaning to formulate or make. So are you being molded into something that you're not wanting to be? When I was in teaching school, one of the first things we, weren't, we learned about curriculum and instruction was that whenever you design an objective, the outcome needed to meet the objective. In other words, you set a goal, and what was the final result? And that is how we measure student success. That's how we give students tests to make sure that they get it. Otherwise, you have to go back and reteach. Well, those in Common Core don't believe that. They believe that just having him reach a basic understanding is good enough. If 2 plus 2 is 5, hey, it's close to 4, right? So they must be almost there. That's good enough. That pass them on to the next grade. By getting out in the field and doing the job, so many times you become an expert due to experience. Again, words carry meaning. So I got in an argument with my mom, and I just said to her, you know, this whole word common you know, whoever defines it basically tells us how we should behave. And I believe the whole goal of common core, and even the word core, as in what's at an apple's core, or do you belong to, like, the Marine Corps, a core meaning a group of people who are um, dedicated toward one thing. You think about how these kids are going to have to act. Well, who defines what the behavioral act is? And what happens to a student if he or she goes outside the rules or the actions that are to take place, such as freedom of speech, uh, telling someone how he or she really feels and not versus, you know, what the common line is or what's commonly accepted or not. So, again, the idea of common core is what is normal, what's abnormal, what belongs, what does not belong. Uh, can we keep everybody on the same track and keep them racing toward the finish line? Even if they come in last, we'll still pass them and say they finished the race. Well, folks, when it comes to handguns, horseshoes, and hand grenades and aircraft, there are no second chances. I don't want to put my family on a plane that might not come back or that might have a bad tire and maybe we can get one or two more flights out of it before we have to replace it and we can save the company gobs of money. And I can look like the hero. What do you think? Tell me. Call in. It's a very interesting topic this evening. Well, we have another caller, John Davis. John, thank you for calling the Sean Teshner Show. Uh, we're talking about Common Core tonight and what's going on in the public schools. Do you want to put in your opinion? Yeah, you said we're talking about Communist Core? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that kind of sums it up. Basically, it's a policy that just dumbs down. Um, 
thumbs down education, one size fits all, cookie cutter. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was reading about about uh, communist core today, and um, one of the uh, one of the, somebody stated that some states have advanced standards that are designed with students and parents in mind. And I think it was Sandra Stotsky, who she's a professor at the University of Arkansas, who's sort of the committee to validate Common Core standards. So the standards dumb American education down by about two grades worth. So some states, you know, they'd have to move their standards backwards just to comply with it. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. It's it's you know I call it Communist Core because that's essentially you know what it reminds me of. Well, and look- it's, it's I'm sorry. It, no, it's bad on a number of different levels. If you look at the word common and commune, to commune means to get together, and, uh, and common means everybody's the same. So in an, it's I think it's an effort to try and strip everybody down and put them in a mouse suit and uh, make them all conform. You know, follow, oh, exactly. follow the rules, yeah. the rules that will state, keep people so stupid they can't learn to critically think, and then... Then you've got them. You've got them hostage, basically. My experience this year as a sub in one of the school districts was uh, I worked real hard to get some grades for these kids, and then I went to the principal and said, hey, I've got to put these on the system so parents can see them and kids can see them and see where they're at so we have room for improvement. Uh, That's what I did 15 years ago in the district, and she looked right at me and said, things have changed. She said, everything's standards-based now. These kids log on to a system three times a year, both in uh, language arts and in math and in science, and then they take these tests, and however they score on these tests, they have to they have to answer questions up to a certain point. They're preloaded, and then they increase the hardness of the questions or the difficulty until yeah. they can't cross the finish line. And that way, when they give them the final test at the end of the year, it shows some sort of brain growth. And if they can show any improvement, they pass them on to the next grade. <laughs> well, and you know what most people don't know? You know, the information that's collected by Common Core is a lot more than just test scores and academic progress. It basically it tracks information on religious practices, political beliefs, even sexual behaviors and attitudes. This is, you know, this is about control. This is about um, trying to mold, you know, People not into individuals who can live up to their full potential, but into just mindless drones that bow down to the state. I mean, I think North Korea would, would love Common Core. Well, who's to say they didn't write the curriculum? I know that there's been a lot of uh, rumors that the Saudis have purchased a lot of the textbook companies in the United States, and they're trying to push their religion on American kids indirectly through textbooks conveniently leaving out other religions such as Christianity and Judaism or yeah, even Hinduism. This country was founded on Christian principles. I'm not saying all the founders were overly Christian, they weren't, but it was founded on, on Christian principles. I mean, basically our Western, um, Western law is founded on the Ten Commandments. John, are you under a metal roof? If you're under a metal roof, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Can you step outside? Um, well, no, my phone. No, I got, I got fine. I got full signal here. Let me try something else. Maybe you got one of those common core phones that almost yeah. work. Oh, this is that better? Oh, much better. Yeah. Did you hit the anti-communist button or what? 
Yeah, it was, well, it, it's my cheap Chinese-made Bluetooth that, you know, all the electronics are made in China, so they're pretty cheap and they fail on a regular basis. Now, you, they, now you want to make me start the phone call all over again. You want to do over? <laughs> do you want to do over? <laughs> Why? That's what the kids always ask. Can I have another chance, please? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do well, over. I, you know, I taught at the college shovel for seven years, you know, I taught technology, and, and uh, oh, man, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Maybe one of those chips inside that headset can be interchanged for an F-35 pilot's uh, navigation chip, um, right? System, yeah. <laughs> Scary stuff. Hey, second well, second place is good enough, right? Yeah, well, let's just hope that they put the same type of care into the electronics, the electronics that they sell us into their own weapon systems, right? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about Common Core in the schools and what you know of it at the college level, because you said you taught college, right? Yes, but it didn't affect us there. Um, I, I, it, it was being implemented at the K through 12 level. And I, I taught at a technical college, and it didn't, it wasn't really affecting us there. We were still able to teach, um, you know, academics and uh, technology is what I was teaching. And we also had a certain amount of academic freedom to put our own, insert our own opinions and viewpoints, you know, into whatever subject it was that we were teaching. Like, for example, when I was teaching on Internet security, you know, I use some of Edward Snowden's materials to reveal about how the NSA is spying on everybody. Oh, my gosh. You know, actually, you're wrong about teachers at the K through 12 level. They can interject their opinions only once on their way out the door. <laughs> yeah, no, they, yeah, yeah. And they lose their teaching well, certificates, I, and they get sued. Yeah, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Real incentive to become a teacher, huh? I don't feel like I'm a teacher anymore. I feel like I'm a robot just presenting the lessons, and pretty soon the kids are going to learn that all they have to do is just log on to their lessons remotely from their phones, and whether they actually do them or not or have Ferris Bueller do them for them, they're going to end up doing their lessons, playing for the rest of the day, and printing their diplomas. There won't be any need for teachers anymore other than to record and upload videos and God knows if they'll even be paid royalties, maybe a one-time fee by the school districts, and that'll be it. No need for buildings anymore, and, man, massive savings on education. Can you imagine kids actually getting to learn what they want to learn, such as becoming pilots at 12? Yeah. I hear a lot of kids say, oh, I don't want to learn this stuff. What do we have to learn this stuff for? This is boring. Yeah, diploma mills. A lot of these colleges have just become diploma mills, degree mills. Well, I look at the schools as having become babysitting services, basically. Even the parents have figured out with kids as young as uh, preschool that they can just drop them off at a, a school daycare program, and it's cheaper than if they brought them to an actual daycare. Fifty bucks to go to summer school versus well, five hundred you know, a month for daycare. When I when I taught, there was this whole generation. The people that tended to do pretty well in that program. We had a lot of military veterans, and they had most of them had discipline. They had to to be, you know, make them to service, and they tended to do fairly well for the most part. The people that did not do well was this, you know, what do you call them now? Generation X, millennials. I don't know what they call them, but you know, the the eighteen to you know twenty two, twenty three, twenty four year olds, and you don't know how many times uh, 
I remember I had one guy come into my office at the end of the quarter, and he said, you know, you failed me on, on, on that class. And I said, well, yeah. I said, there's a syllabus right there. It shows what's required. I explained that at the beginning of the quarter. You didn't hand in all the work. And you certainly didn't hand it up to get a grade, so you failed. And he goes, well, I wasn't done yet. <laughs> I said, um, yeah, exactly. I don't feel <laughs> you know? tardy. I don't feel tardy. Yeah, it's just common core about feelings, protecting kids' feelings, never mind if they fail and, and get their feelings hurt so that they actually yeah, try, try to do better. Some of these kids, a lot of them, they think that, you know, they can just be mollycoddled in the educational system, and they think that same uh, uh, phenomenon is going to happen when they go out on a job. And it's like, i got news for you. You go out on a job, and you don't perform, you don't do your job. Chances are they're going to get rid of you and get somebody who will do the job. Well, I learned one thing when I worked in banking. If uh, if a customer complains loud enough and long enough and gets a supervisor on the phone, they'll pay them to get them off the phone. I mean, these, <laughs> these kids have learned to complain their way to grades, complain their way to the cell phone, complain their way to college, and the parents just pay the bill. They don't even think Whoa. about, you know, these kids living in their basements playing video games till they're 28. Failure to yeah, launch. It affects yeah. girls. Girls say, well, what happened to all the guys? Well, they're in the basement playing video games. More interesting to them than you. Well, and we had some people that basically, uh, uh, well, some of the other faculty members I worked with would, would basically knuckle under and just, you know, they'd give these, these people grades that they didn't earn. And and uh, and it was always, a, and I didn't. I held my ground. In fact, I got into a couple of heated situations with students on a couple of different occasions, but I wouldn't back down because if they don't earn, because I'm not doing them a favor. If I just let them cheat and wiggle their way through school, what's going to happen when they get out there and, you know, try to get work? And it was a technical field. It was IT. It was technology. And I, you know, I, I tried to tell these people, it's like, look, this is a very technologically, it's complicated and it's a competitive field. And if you think you're just going to be able to squeak by with a minimum amount of work and effort done, and then go out and get a job. You're not even going to make it past the interview process. Well, there was, when I used to do handyman work, I remember this one lady from India. She used to call me to unclog her dishwasher, which was always full of fish guts and stuff because they like to eat a lot of fish. And her husband didn't even know how to use a hammer. He could use a keyboard, but he couldn't use a hammer. And I was called there two, three times, you know, in six months. It's always for the same thing. Or the kid punching a hole through the plasterboard wall. Stuff like that. And you know, my brother told me, he said, look at how they eliminated uh, Auto Shop and uh, other building programs and Home Ec in all the schools so the kids don't even know how to cook themselves a meal, let alone fix their own cars. And they wonder well, why it's $150 an hour to have your car go to the mechanic. Yeah, well, sure they do. They just throw a bag of microwave popcorn. You anyway. know, and that Put them all on the common bus, I guess, and keep them all happy, right? Yeah. And like they do in yeah. China in those cell phone factories where they rotate the beds every eight hours and you sleep in your little cell with three other roommates and the bed never gets cold because someone always finishes eight hours of sleep and then heads to the shift while someone yeah. else is cooking rice. Sweatshops. Brilliant. I mean, you know, all, all, all Communist Corps is going to do is take our current failed education system and make it even more of a train wreck than it already is. Well, that's why I said what I did about technology becoming the classroom and not the buildings. 
Yeah. And these kids will. They'll figure out how to print their own diplomas and forge them. You watch. And oh, there'll sure. be somebody doing brain surgery on somebody and killing someone or flying an airplane and crashing it because they don't know how to land. No hands-on well, you know, experience. I, I had a dentist appointment the other day, and I was kind of wondering if, uh, you know, I don't know how he did in school. I won't go into the details, but my jaw still hurts. <laughs> and your wallet. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah, you're, you're, it's cheaper to go to the doctor nowadays than it is a dentist. Well, John, my brother's an engineer, and he was telling me he was shocked that the engineers coming out of school now, these big companies can hire them away real cheap. He said, but they had absolutely no hands-on experience. They couldn't even put a wiring bundle together. And he said, it's that kind of stuff that crashes aircraft, and he's frightened. He doesn't yeah. even want to put his family aboard aircraft that these kids have been working on. Yeah, I don't blame them. And I do mention aircraft because there are no second chances once you're up there in the air. You know, you're coming back, but it's either going to be a nice soft drop or it's going to be a sudden stop. No, unlike unlike uh, driving somewhere, um, flying is very unforgiving. Well, anyway, um, I appreciate your comments on Common Core, and I'm glad they aren't common comments and that you can actually think for yourself still and be, that you're a leader in critical thinking. What do you think the solution is going to be for your grandkids? Are you worried about your grandkids? Yeah, and... But I think things are going to change radically by the time, um, you know, in the next 10 or 12 years. I mean, what the, this current system we have right now is unsustainable. And speaking of, you know, what we just talked about, the millennials, and I realize we're pretty critical. And I'll have to say there are some good young people out there. There's a few that, that still have been taught work ethic and do well. Um, but the ones that are, you know, like we talked about, are cheating their way through college for, or for even, you know, doing anything in their lives other than playing video games. Or their parents are committing fraud and paying their way, paying paying, yeah. paying off the uh, administration. But these are the peop- these are the kids that are, you know, this is the kind of people that Antifa is made up of. All right, John. Well, thank you for your opinions. Um, I promise another exciting show topic sometime this week. And I uh, appreciate all you do to help people make it out there. I know it's a struggle. And I know that you're working hard to take care of family, so my hat comes off to you. Thank you for calling in to the Sean Teshner Show. All right. We'll talk to you later. Well, I want to thank tonight's calling guests from Slugo Rigor and Gino Navarro to Carolyn and then, of course, John. Uh, And I'd want to say, if you've got an idea for a show and you'd like to share it with us, please email us at trashner at hotmail.com or... If we're on the radio, you can go ahead and call us at 425-247-8827. Just remember, next time you get on an aircraft, that it's possible that one of my students might have worked on it and received his or her mechanical FAA license as a second-place mechanic. Maybe you'll come back. Thanks again. I'm Sean Teshner. It's been fun flying with you, even if it's been on the radio at the Dad Shack. What Uh, radio show is this? The Sean Teshner Show, of course. When's that?